And we're live. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast Everyone Hates. It's your boy, T, sitting here, checking in with you with my, my, my co-host, Z, over here. Z, how you doing today? Pretty good. You know, just typical Saturday in the life. It is October 7th, and we are just back in the studio. I just wanted to let you guys know. Uh, we appreciate, you know, those of you who are listening to us for the first time. want to let you know that it's a pleasure doing this, and... You know, we're grateful for your support, Trent. Yeah, I've had a great time. I mean, we've only been doing this for about a week now, and we've got we've got five or six under our belt, none that have been good enough to send out to the public because there's definitely a learning curve to it. It's been fun, though. I can't say that uh, that I'd rather be doing something else. I mean, this is this is something I hope we can get good at, and I hope the ladies and gentlemen out there would like to listen to. I mean, when you start your uh, start a new trade, you know, there's always that apprenticeship period before you're ready for the big <laughs> leagues. So, you know, we don't want to put out a product that's not ready for consumption. You know what so. we're doing? We are Joe Blows hopping in the single A baseball professional professional baseball single A. And we have a long bus ride ahead through double A, triple A to the major leagues. I mean, we are nowhere close, but hey, hopefully we get on a fast track. Would you have drafted this podcast first round? No. No. I would have taken you sixth round. <laughs> no signing bonus. Pete. Hey. <laughs> nice money ball reference. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I think uh, I think me and you have a pretty good natural flow. I think that we can we can talk pretty well with each. I mean, like we can talk. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost ready to introduce you to the parents, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I get to come home. Yep. And meet know. the Ashtons. Yep. Hopefully, my dad likes you. You know, me and Jamie get along really well. Yeah. I mean, Jamie kind of likes you. You know, if Jamie texts you talking shit, he likes you. I think Jamie has a great outlook on where he is at in his life right now. Like, he, he worked his ass off to get to where he is, and he is just taking full advantage of the uh, the the wonders that this life has to offer <laughs> when you have money. <laughs> well, he's uh, he's worked his ass off, and he's still working hard, but I feel like he knows the pressure's kind of off now because, you know, he's got, you know, one more kid to send to college and you know he's he can see the the light at the end of the tunnel, so he he knows that he doesn't have to kill it. He's a and golfing, he's gonna be fine. He's a golfing son of a bitch, though. <laughs> I mean, know? he likes to put up the money on the course. So I mean, that's the thing, though. If you're willing to work hard for 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 what you want, you shouldn't feel bad about enjoying the the, the fruits of your labor ever. No, I mean he's I mean he's had his downtimes too. There was the uh, he got laid off and started blinds business back in the day. A blinds you would have hated to buy blinds from Jamie. Had Did a nice he really office start? space in Noblesville, yeah. Well, uh, how old was he? Um I'm trying to think how old I was. I was probably like eight, ten years old at the time. Oh really? I can't remember exactly. But yeah, he had his own blinds business that he was run he was doing for a while between uh medical sales jobs. But you know, I mean he wasn't really worth it, so he went back into medical sales. You don't think that both of our fathers just started off wanting to do their own thing because they don't like to answer to nobody. <laughs> My dad's been through countless amount of jobs. I mean, he's really good at what he does. He's in the mortgage business. And, I mean, he's probably one of the very few in the area that can do whatever it is with uh, something with mortgages. And, you know, I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it. 
but I know that he goes from job to job because if there's one thing he doesn't like about the place that he works, he just puts in his two weeks and just <laughs> goes on to the next one. Which I can't hate it. Like, I totally get, uh, you know, if you're not happy where you're at, just you, you got to find that spot or else what else are you doing? So. Yeah. No, definitely. And I think there's a little bit of that in us. I think that we're, I think that we have that same mentality, but it's just not as, it's not as carefree. Well, uh, you know, may, maybe we're wrong for thinking this way, but it's not as carefree just to, you know, say screw the establishment. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going Rover as it used to be, but maybe that's just me. Maybe I mean, I'm on my, I'm on my third job of 26, 2017. That's the year that we're in. So, yeah. but. I mean, that's, you know, we're kind of, maybe I'll get a new job in 2017. We'll see how things pan out. So, you never I mean, know. This could be our job. Yeah. By 2018, hopefully this is our job. Yeah, hopefully that I can just turn in the two weeks to the man, hey, I'm just going to fucking podcast. Yeah, we're going to have to really step our game up. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been less than a week, if you well, think it's about been, it. So. You know, it's been a hell of a week, though. Yeah. It's been a hell of a week for us. So, we've, I mean... Uh, I, I feel like we can't get too caught up in the future. Right now, we should just no. do it for the love of it and try and be good at it, and we'll see where it takes yeah. us. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully the ladies and gentlemen out there listening appreciate what we have to say and can tune in and just uh, pay attention and and stay interested because there's all the bullshit going on in the world. And hopefully, you know, just, just like I know we talk about pro wrestling and we're not going to get into it, but just like those guys say to their fans – uh, if they can at least distract you for the couple of hours that they're on every week from all the crap from your day-to-day normal life, you know, then then they are happy with uh, with their job. They're happy to provide you a service uh, that brings you enjoyment, and that's what we're going for. Well said. Couldn't put it any better myself. So I guess how do you want to really get things going then? You know, there's no there's no uh, set way. I think. Uh, I think it would be really funny to start off talking about your run-in that you had. Uh, you know, for the, I, I think we should go through that whole entire afternoon. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah, so you know, Thursday. In case you guys didn't know, I box. I don't we, know if you we heard. Oh, sorry. Box. It's yeah, not well, just a I, yeah, we both it's box. Definitely actually. not just a you. If thing. you were to walk into our uh, our place, you'd find multiple pairs of boxing gloves and wraps. Uh, you know, memberships to Nine Rounds local kickboxing circuit gym. But yeah. No NBD, but KBD. I mean, so I hate to even put NBD in there because it's pretty much only KBD. Yeah, that's true. But I just kind of wanted to act like I've got a it's shred actually, of humility. It's actually an so. RBD. It's actually a really big deal. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we box and we're just growing mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally <laughs> is a really big deal. Oh, yeah. You guys should all try it out. If you're not boxing... Or kickboxing, what are you doing? I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. But. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what everybody's out there doing. I know that not enough people are doing it. But, but I, I digress. So I was kind of walking home from our local kickboxing gym, which is super close. So I'm just enjoying a nice stroll in my boxing gear. And I'm walking back through our kind of, you know, neighborhood area. And a couple of just well-dressed lads. And, you know, the shirt and tie just looking spiffy. And, you know, I can see him kind of looking at me, and sure enough, you know, what question do you think that they ask me? Do you box? <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, It was dude. Two, two gentlemen, right? Yeah, two, two lads, probably high school, Just college two, age. Yeah, two, two average-looking guys. Yeah, a little younger than we are, but, yeah. you know. See, I wasn't there. That's, I, I couldn't box that day, which that really hurt my soul. 
you know, when I miss a boxing day, I feel like a, a, a chunk of me is gone. Uh, and so I was super jealous that uh, that you got to even box anyway. And then you ran into get these guys on the street as you were walking, and they asked you if you box. And then and then how how did the conversation go from there? Well, I blacked out for a second. Well, I was so excited that somebody <laughs> asked me that I boxed. But I was yeah, I started telling them about nine rounds. Uh, and then you know I kind of realized that maybe they weren't just regular guys, but I was kind of engaged at that point, so it was too late to turn back. Uh, but they were super nice, and they just started kind of telling me, you know, that they're with the Church of the Latter-day Saints. And, you know, I've I've been around the block a couple times. I know that's the Mormon church. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, I know, you know, what you got about your church. Uh, and they're asking me about if I'm Christian. I said I'm Catholic, but I don't really go to church, which is true. And then they just started telling me about how they're missionaries. They go from place to place for like six weeks at a time. And then it's basically their job is to go, you know, door to door, slanging faith in Jesus. And That's, the Mormon church is faith in Jesus specifically. What What's hard to explain uh, to everybody listening is the area that they caught you in. Because that's, a, I mean, that's a high traffic. There's not, I mean, there's not a lot of houses or anything around. I wonder where they were going or where they were coming from. No, no, this was in our in Woodland Springs. Oh, it was. It yeah, was? so okay. they were going door to door in Woodland Springs. I thought they got you like on the roundabout. No, they weren't just <laughs> they were hunting, just hunting, see a straggler out there, you know, walking across the crosswalk or anything. They were in a residential area. Uh, were they about our age? Uh, they were younger than us. I would say they were at youngest like high school seniors but they're probably college age and you and you and you told them that you were catholic i mean i'm you know they're nice guys i'm not gonna bullshit with them i'm gonna yeah. tell them like it is but what how do, do you think that you said that because you you wanted to kind of give them an idea about you that you were at least familiar with like religion and and, and the whole scenario or if you would have told them your real thoughts, which, you know, are similar to mine, where it's like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I I am. mean, all I said was I hadn't been to church in a while. I didn't tell them that I'm pretty much, you know, that I'm not really buying into, you know, organized religion, and I don't really necessarily yeah. believe in anything there's just, like that. There's I mean, so not much, that there's so, there's so many anything, questions but. about organized religion that I would have loved to talk to these guys about, but... You know, I guess you give them credit for doing their thing. You know, at, at least they're committed to something, whether, even though it, it, how preposterous it might be. And, you know, this is not us saying Mormonism is preposterous, though we will. Uh, they gave me a little pamphlet here that let me see what the title is of this I think pamphlet, it's fair to say the that restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't think it's fair to say that Mormons preposterous? The, the, the religion. I'm not saying the people are, but I'm saying... Mormonism is that how you would say that? Mormonism, sure, whatever is go on is pretty out there. I would say that in this world where nobody really knows anything, believing anything with a certainty is preposterous. But that's just me that's in fair. my in my how I think about things. But yeah, I would say that there are certainly. They kind of their approach, but it's if you think about it as far as backstories to religions in general, it's not that much more audacious than other religions, except for the those things that they're talking about in the Bible. Obviously, Mormonism is an extremely young religion, given that their prophet Joseph Smith is from like the 17th century. So, if yeah. you look at it that way, it's not that much more ridiculous as far as what they say than yeah. any other religions. The only difference is. 
that backstory is happening much more recently in human history. Well, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that that I have a hard time getting over with just that point itself is at least the the great religions, like the main ones that have a little bit of historical context to them, you know, that date back a long time. At least those are geographically accurate. And at least those people actually, like, Jesus was a real person. You know, that's kind of been confirmed. And and Muhammad and, you know, people like that were real people. And the places they were traveling were real places and, and things like that. And it, it, it has it has some truth to it. And the, 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 the stories are more like long journeys and spread out over a long time. Whereas this one's like, oh, this guy just, like, went into the woods and, looked into his hat and saw the book of God. Well, he's a like real they're, they're, he's a real dude. Yeah, and no, it really, you know, that's he that's what happened is what, you know. No, I know, but do you know what I'm saying? Like there's no it's like it's like okay, this guy went into the woods and then the whole religion started whereas all the other ones at least there's It's not a at least there's a religion. lot of it's a denomination that branched out from Christianity. Uh, and, you know, the backstory was that he supposedly he asked God, he's so, like, what, you know, what denomination should I be? Because at this point in history, after the Protestant Reformation, you've got so many different denominations of Christianity. He's like, which one's right? Supposedly God told him, he's like, no, face ass, none of them are right. You need <laughs> to go off and start your own church and Christianity because they're not doing things right. This is what you need to do. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a very, a more, a more recent branch of Christianity where there's so many different denominations of Christianity. So Mormon, so for, for give me of my ignorance of the issue because, you know, I like to, I like to think about religion in, in real broad, you know, concepts like real ideal type, type, you know, situations and this one's more specific. Uh, Mormon is like Baptist. It's like a. It's like a. It's like Presbyterian, or it, it's it's a it's a form of Christianity that believes in the Bible, but just a different version of the Bible that other religions believe in. Well, it's it's not necessarily well. Okay, different version of the Bible, as then they have their new books. Because that was, I mean, that was kind of the thing, was Joseph Smith found these new texts, and then he translated them. So it's not that they believe in necessarily a different Bible. It's they, a lot of these Protestant, during the Protestant Reformation, kind of all this whole thing split of Catholicism started because, like, reformers had big issues with how the church was doing things, and a lot of those were legitimate issues, such as the buying and selling of indulgences, which, if you're not sure what those are, basically, if you are a sinner, you can basically give the church money, and they're saying, okay, your sins are absolved, you're going to heaven. So it doesn't matter what you're doing, you give, you throw enough bones at the church, <laughs> and you're forgiven. So that See, was just... That- that's, yeah, and that's Mormon specific. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm giving you some background here oh, oh. of the Protestant Reformation, okay, and okay. kind of why the whole initial thing of you know the Catholic Church was this big institution throughout Europe and all over the globe, and then I'm kind of 
there were major issues that people had with the church, which led to all these different people leaving the Catholic Church, starting their own churches, which is where you get all these different denominations of Baptist, uh, you know, Lutheran, yeah. all every other Christian church that you've ever heard of that isn't Catholic. Oh, really? Uh, so that's, I mean, just because they're not Catholic doesn't mean that they don't believe in the same Bible. It means and they, if you, they believe in different practices. They just kind of, it's different yeah. ways of the same thing. And if you bust out your pay, your, your, uh, your billfold or your checkbook, you, you know, <laughs> you, you got a one-way ticket straight to the yeah. Golden Gate. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, even. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't, <laughs> I, I feel like there's a clear red flag right there. Well, I mean, and that's, you know, perfectly legitimate reasons why people started doing their own church. Because the, obviously, when you get any kind of major powerful institution, there's going to be a lot of corruption, which there certainly was, and still is plenty of corruption in the church. But like that's, Joel Olstein? <laughs> Joel Olstein, yeah. And, you know, but, like, you know, it's, it's their place of worship. So, God yeah. forbid they have any refugees that need help there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's kind of the whole, re- yeah. So, it's just, you know, they believe, it's like all. Different versions of kind of the same truth. Okay. But, you know, the Joseph Smith—I mean, Mormonism kind of gets made fun of a lot because, you know, it's it's a more Reese's like, hey, I found these tablets that are from God, and he, this is what they say. He found them in his hat, right? I mean— No, I, I can't remember. Because this one, this pamphlet doesn't go into exactly what happened. From what I can tell, it's pretty close to the South Park episode about how he's like, hey, I dug up these tablets. Yeah. I can only read them. I'm the only one who can read them through my hat. Yeah. So, Even but, if you think South Park is wrong, yeah, I mean, the they, majority of the time they go off the, something like, like that, like religion, they're, they at least have – they did their research. No, going off of what – Because their Scientology ones exactly the same. Going off of what same, it says too. here is pretty much what they said happened in the episode. Uh, so, yeah, that's... Which you'd have to watch that episode to understand what we're talking yeah. about, I guess. But, but it's it's basically this guy in 1820s like, hey, God's got these tablets. I'm starting my own church. This is the one true truth. I'm the only one who can read these tablets, but this is what God's saying. That just seems so ridiculous. Yeah, but, I mean, that's the thing, though, is if you believe that God is talking to you and telling you this this is true, that overpowers everything. I mean, do you think that, that Joseph Smith legitimately thought that God was talking to him? Or do you think that, obviously, this is speculation and it's just opinion, which oh, that's what all this is, even religion itself. But do you think that it was him saying that? Or do you think he was a smart man who thought, hey, I see an open door to create a you know a a way to bring in money for a new kind of uh something people can rally behind like you know, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna offer people this new thing that they can believe in and try to get a bunch of people to f- give me money because I mean, to me that seems like the only reason that somebody would do this unless they legitimately thought God was talking to them, but I just highly doubt. That 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 happens. I mean, those those are really. And if it does the, happen, I'd like to check the, the sanity of that person. Strongest two motivations. There's either somebody who has an incredibly strong passion that is 100% motivated by what they believe is the truth, or it's just you know some smart, maybe morally compromised entrepreneur just trying to make a buck. Yeah. And he's can he's got he's great on the mic. He can he's got charisma and he can get the people behind. <laughs> him. 
Yeah. So these Mormons were talking to you, and you were foolish enough to give them our home address, which <laughs> I was upset about because <laughs> I, if we start having no- Mormons knock on our door all the time, it's going gonna, it's gonna to frustrate me. But then again, we were talking about, you know what, if they're going to come here, maybe we just sit them down on the podcast and, <laughs> and shoot the breeze. And well, really in retrospect, I think it was to, a, yeah, not a good idea, but it was just kind of like, I don't know, like they just – they're they're kind they're natural kind charisma and I just kind of wanted like you know what I feel like I want to give these guys a chance to give me their <laughs> sa- their sales pitch and you know I feel like I owe them that much even if I you know I kind of I I wouldn't want to have them on the podcast because I feel like it wouldn't be entertaining unless we started needling them which I would feel guilty about <laughs> and <laughs> well <clears throat> you know like we were talking about. Um, when all this happened, I was like, we need to talk about this when, when we do our podcast. I feel like the, the, the I'm not, and once again, I don't want to, I don't want to anything I say, make it sound like I'm taking a personal shot at these two people that you were talking to, but just in generalities, I'm talking about the guys that you were talking to. I have to feel, I, you know, I, I, I feel like those people who are so, embedded in the belief that like mormonism is true and are willing to go like be missionaries and try to spread the word i feel like there's a certain type of either personality or you know type something about your brain is different and not different in a bad way just different than you know the average person and uh you know, because I just don't feel like your average person would read that, hear it, and think, "Oh yeah, no, this is a hundred percent true." I'm definitely going to go try to get other people to do this. I think that you have dumb isn't the word, but maybe you don't seek anything uh, deeper than what you're being told, and you just take what you're being told as true, and not trying to find out maybe if there's more to it or if there are other outlets or you know because even even if someone who was taught to be mormon they could be like no i i think just christian just just look i just would rather be just christian you know what i mean like for someone to hear this story and in, in full you know to for someone to have this full story laid out to them and they think oh yeah that's definitely what happened i feel like just uh, things aren't clicking the same in their brain as 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 the average person well, yeah, I'm definitely extremely skeptical of how that is a you can just pitch like, yeah, you need to pray to God and talk to God and then obviously, you know, you'll see that this is how it is. But so I don't think that the door-to-door mi- I I'm skeptical of how the door-to-door missionary is successful, but I 100% understand kind of like why they believe it as strongly as they do cuz imagine if you legitimately believe that you would talk to God and that he told you this is how it is and told you this is what you need to do and this is more important than anything else in the world and anything else in your entire life. Yeah. Then it makes it understandable why, you know, they're de- that they're willing to, you know, dedicate all their time and their life to this. So you think all Mormons who are doing the missionary thing, you think all of them feel like they have spoken directly with God? I mean, I'm not going to... I don't. First of all, I don't necessarily trust anybody at their word. I think that there's a lot of them believe that, or or at least you know some of them maybe are just doing it just to do it. But I'm saying I can get, I can understand why people 
are all so like you know gung ho about religion, going door to door, and they just accept it as the truth when maybe it sounds ridiculous. Because if you know hypothetically they had that experience or thought they had that experience with God, then it makes a hundred percent that they're not going to care about how ridiculous something sounds or how other people view yeah. it. This is their mission and their purpose, and they're going to do it, whatever, yeah. whatever happens. So. Yeah, I don't know, man. It just it just seems like I mean, what what do you think about the whole like personality thing? I mean, do you think that the people who are doing that, do you think that their IQs are just as high as a someone who you know, would be considered smart or you know, it, it, I just I just feel like, you know, the the saying ignorance is bliss when you are when you're when you're going through life and you're believing something um as 100% true, not really you you just you're you're all you put all your eggs in that basket, so like that's just what you're gonna do, and you're not searching further answers, which isn't necessarily wrong. But I just feel like, I just I just don't think that they would be, like us, the smartest people out there. Well, if you're going just purely by logic, every religion is ridiculous. So I mean, it's just, but that's the thing: is it's faith. It's faith. Faith overpowers that. So it's if but you I, yeah, experience but I feel something like, when you like break, that. I feel like when you break the, you're trying to break the religions down into sub religions, and then like you know, different versions of the sub religion. I just I feel like you're just going off what someone told you. I don't feel like you're figuring it out at all on your own. When 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 like let's say you were born Baptist and like. Or I guess that that that's a pretty broad one. Let's say Southern Baptist, where they're doing the whole speaking in tongues thing, and you know that whole deal. If you were like, if you were born in that scenario, and you believed that specific, like like oh, I I touch you on the forehead and you and you fall over and then you're you're like healed. I feel like uh, I feel like if if you just continue your life believing that, not searching other answers, you're really not figuring religion out for yourself you're just going based off what someone told you i mean generally speaking yeah but then there's i mean it's that's different i mean there's plenty of people who are just following the herd and going through the motions and doing that but then there are people who are you know are raised one way and then they have that experience that puts them in a completely different religion that goes all across the board whether we're talking about christianity uh judaism you know uh islam yeah I mean, there are plenty of people like that who legitimately believe that they've had those experiences and completely changed their life and sent them on a completely different path. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, c- coming back to Mormon, you know, specifically, because, you know, talking about just the blanket religion, I feel like is is too hard to just discuss. You almost have to break it down into segments. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, is... We haven't had that. I haven't had that conversation with the Mormon missionaries more about the Mormon faith. So this is basically all on what we know already and the pamphlet that they gave. (laughs) So, but you know, I mean, that's not a bad thing to go off of because if you if you're selling the Mormon religion to someone, and and you're giving them like this is their marketing piece. Yeah, the restoration restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's break that down real quick. Here, I do have a passage that I want to share with you guys. Okay, go. Um, um, okay, so this is it's kind of got some different topics, a little background on how uh, the Book of Mormon came into be. And here is a passage that I'm just going to read to you, and you know, you can take it as you will. Uh, 
about the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon is convincing evidence of the restoration of the gospel through Joseph Smith. You can know for yourself that the Book of Mormon is true. To gain this knowledge, you must read it, ponder its message, and desire to know if it is true. You must ask your Heavenly Father to confirm that it is His Word. As you do so, He will reveal to you through the Holy Ghost that it is true. (laughs) It's just saying, hey, if you look into it, you're gonna believe this for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's just a spoiler alert. Yeah, you know you you can uh, you need to think, pray, read it, and yeah. ask God. But spoiler, he's gonna say, yeah, it's legit. <laughs> it's like it's like, hey, go up to God and say, I don't know about this Mormon thing. What do you think? <laughs> and his answer is guaranteed to be, oh, this is a hundred percent true. He's like, I've, I'm God's throwing out his guaranteed. Mormonism's the way to go. He's like, they told you right. I appreciate you double checking with me, but it's <laughs> it's kosh, it's kosh magosh. Yeah, which the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ is. I mean, that alone in itself packs a pretty hard punch. <laughs> well, I guess it makes sense if you think about it, because it's, it's, it's like, like among the newest denominations of Christianity, and God's like, you know what? All these other denominations are wrong. We are, we're going we're gonna to take this back, and we're going to restore it. What God said was, you know the gospel that we had? Well, it's got a wall in the middle of the house, and it doesn't have a very open concept feel. So we need to restore this, take out that wall, and, uh, you know, kind of deliver a new f- feng shui yeah. feel to you the gospel. You know what? <laughs> We've got a new show, Mormons, Mormons Renovating Proverbial Houses of Faith, <laughs> <laughs> where you've got an old, dusty denomination in church, and the Mormons yeah. are just going to come in, fix Outdated. it up, restore it to its former glory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good for those guys, though, for... For doing it, you yeah, know. I mean, it, following something you believe in, and I'm sure that they get pr- plenty of uh, persecution aren't, and ridicule doing yeah, what they're doing. Yeah, so. aren't aren't Mormons the ones who also believe in polygamy? Uh, that is, I think you'd have to like double check kind of which, or is that a subgroup of the subgroup? It of might the it might be religion. a subgroup. I don't know if the whole Mormons are like, yeah, everybody Brigham just Young, have multiple. Brigham Young is a Mormon. Brigham Young yeah. University. That's yeah. the that's the Mormon. They're the ones school. that have the. And now we're on college athletic topics, which is going to segue pretty well soon. You, you don't think that I had that segue planned yeah. out? <laughs> <laughs> you might as well pull a uh, crazy Greg. This is one. my segue. That I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're they're welcome. yeah. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Brigham Young is a Mormon uh, institution, and they're the ones that have their recruits. Sign that pledge that they're not gonna, you know, among other things, coitus before marriage. So. Yeah, you can't drink, you can't smoke. Well, those are pretty obvious for any college, but <laughs> especially when it comes down to Joseph Smith's restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Mormonism. Yeah. I think a couple of years ago, somebody got kicked off their team for coitus. And- yeah, it was, it was the uh, tall black guy. I can't. Yeah. Well, it, he played with Jimmer. <laughs> that that just that sucks. You just get caught paying, and you're like, all right, you're off the team because you banged somebody. Yeah, yeah. You had consensual sex with another willing adult, so yeah, you can't play basketball that, hoops hey, anymore. That's a, that's a whole other avenue you could go down. Is I mean, the guy was having consensual college sports sex. I, that's unheard of. <laughs> That doesn't happen anymore. All many... sex is rape. <laughs> All sex is rape. I wonder All how... sex is rape. <laughs> I wonder how many people... That is kind of interesting, because you got to feel like there's some people 
on that team that legitimately buy into it and like I came to Brigham Young because I'm all about this. But then there's plenty of other guys on that team who probably are like, this is you know the best school that offered me a scholarship. And do you think on the team they're just like live and let live? Like they don't tell co- like anybody who's you know oh, obviously sure. all their teammates are just I, out there coitus. I will and- have to go on record and say that I would bet a lot of money that a lot of those college athletes who are offered scholarships do not buy into the Mormon religion. Well, I agree, but that's an interesting thing on the university because with all their athletic sports, they're going to be like, you're off the team if you're coitus. And that's got to create to, like, I mean, you know, obviously not everybody buys into that. But you got that's another thing you got to worry about when you're just banging on campus. It's like, who's seeing me taking this girl back to oh, my yeah. room? Oh, for sure. Which I'm sure you can't. I'm sure it's all have to be. It has to go off campus. I'm sure every every little bit of sin that you would commit would have to be off campus because you you probably aren't allowed to have women in your room or in, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, and there's still plenty I'm, of I'm risk because you know. Right now, but. Welcome to YouTube, the internet. Yeah. You know, you can anybody could have a video of you doing something yeah. at a party or whatever. So because Mary showed half of her boob. Sorry, Mary. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome to YouTube. To YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I it, first of all, it's weird to marry the two uh, issues of colleges, or I should say, college sports and specific college religions. You know, don't don't you find that strange? I mean, like it, that you're like, oh, I'm going to a whatever religion school. And I have to attend, like even like Notre Dame, even like the football players and basketball players, any well any sports player, track athletes, no matter what, they're you know required to go to mass and like study the Bible and stuff just because they're going to that specific college. When really, I would have to assume a lot of those people could not give a shit about any of it. Well, I mean that's so many colleges out there. Um, you know they're. It, it, yeah, it's that kind of thing where, you know, institutions are founded on certain things. And, you know, this is the place you really want to go. You kind of, you know, pros and cons list, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, at least those guys who are at Brigham Young, at least they fake it till they make it. You know, because they're a humongous Division One school playing, you know, getting a lot of exposure, potentially go pro after you do your little thing over in Jerusalem don't they all have to after they graduate don't you don't wasn't there a really big time NBA player who like took a didn't go directly to the draft because he left Brigham Young to go to Israel and like kiss the wall or something am, am I wrong Maybe. Or something like that I, I, don't, mean, know. I don't know I mean that's certainly I mean, did Jimmer start out in the league he, he did get drafted he's not in the league anymore he's playing overseas but. yeah he's killing it overseas though yeah, he he's averaging like thirty five points a game, <laughs> <laughs> which it's not. I guess that's not. Sh- Where's he playing? In China. Oh, vintage. No, well, Seth no, and Marby's no, got no, a statue no, 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 no. there. Like so. l- like legitness. Uh, Jimmer is like LeBron James over in China right now. He's got he got like the biggest shoe deal. Oh, if I'm like some Chinese shoe company, and apparently he's just he's like the number one player, killing it. Got the biggest shoot. Like he's like LeBron. He's like the LeBron James of China. I would love to see a Jimmer Fredette shoe commercial for those things. And he's just—it's just him taking a girl to the movies and likely pecking her on the cheek and dropping her off home, and then nothing else happens because you know until marriage. Well, if he's Mormon, he better not be putting that out there. 
They better not be putting a commercial of him kissing a girl. It's got to be. It's wrong. just a light peck on the cheek. I mean, that's that. Is that is that kosher? That's a social thing. There's no sexual to the peck on the cheek. So, they, they I mean, on the lips, maybe that might be a different story. But yeah, yeah. How much? Every every uh, college, uh, like every university, like Brigham Young. I mean, or just any big time Division One school. Like you go through and think about the players that they've had. Every school has had like a jimmer. Basketball wise, you know, you like you always have that one white guy who just is a a shooting wizard, who just is a huge deal while he's there, and then after after it's over, or a- after he graduates, he just kind of falls off the face of the earth. They're <laughs> they're just they're just college superstars who don't make it because they're just they have one at like asset, and it's it's not doesn't translate into the pros. I mean, that could be a metaphor for a lot of our college experiences where we were really good at drinking, but that doesn't translate to the real world. You think that uh, us being good at drinking is something that we should be proud about. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to talk about it? No, no. Yeah, no. I mean, times got pretty dark at Old Hanover College, but they were great. They were great. Um, while we're on the topic of colleges and sports and religion and all that good stuff, and it's funny how it all correlates, but you hear the big fuss nowadays about how... And I'm sorry, I hate to no, go ahead. interrupt you real quick, but can you just keep this riding while I go take a whiz real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Be right back, folks. I'll sit here. I'll sit here and ramble. I got nothing wrong with that. Lord, I was born a rambling man. No, I'm just kidding. You're not going to listen to me sit here and sing while Z goes to the bathroom. But, no, what uh, what we're getting ready to, to dive into, uh, unless Z comes in here with a, with a hot take after after he goes to uh, take a pee, is the the whole college athletes who are on full scholarship getting paid. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of hype around this topic. There's a lot of buzz. It's definitely a it's definitely a hot button. There's a lot of strong opinions out there, and it's something that I just find so interesting because, you know, it it's it, it's one of those issues where like, is there ever going to be a resolution? Probably not. Probably not a good one. But there's got to be something that changes, especially after all the stuff that's come out, um, you know, with Louisville and. And and all, and all those teams where you, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars they're claiming uh, in money that these these players, coaches, you know, are are, are getting, and I mean that's a lot of money. Uh, you know, there, there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a way that the NCAA, as corrupt as they are, can implement some sort of stipend for the players that are bringing in the money, because the NCAA is such a large business that makes so much money that it's so wrong that the the people who are providing the actual product and bringing in the viewership and the sponsorship and the money are not seeing a dollar of it. I mean, those guys work their asses off and girls uh work their ass off, you know, day in day out f- for 4 years and don't see a dollar of that that money. And yeah, you can say well, no, they got a full ride. You know, that's worth two hundred thousand dollars, or you know, whatever it may be. But you know, come on, it's like that. 
you're bringing up something that is just irrelevant because the money that they're making is so much more than what their uh you know scholarship is worth and also i think that if you if you take away their scholarships and and give them to you know maybe some really smart kids who are trying to get into these schools who want to be doctors and lawyers and scientists and things like that and you pay these athletes with the money they're bringing in, or at least the programs to to give the scholarships, then you have more scholarships to give, and then the athletes are making their their hard earned money, you know, with the work they're putting in and the product they're putting out. I just I just don't see how I just don't see how they aren't getting paid yet, and they are getting paid. That's the thing. It's just illegally or under the table, and there's got to be a way that uh, that that we can come up with a plan to to you know, reprehend it. I mean, it is, it's kind of complicated. There's a lot of logistical issues to it, but I think one simple thing that should definitely change is athletes should own their name and have any right to do with their name, whatever they want. Yeah. So you can sell autograph, you can sell memorabilia of things that you've signed off of your name. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. And then you've got like the big time athletes and the big time programs that really are like supporting the other athletic departments and really, you know, helping your university. You know, they can go off and make money off of their own name. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's a perfect solution. It doesn't solve everything, but... What the NCAA should never own anybody's name. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing, though, with that, and you know where where the disagreement comes is, if you have kids out there, like spending their time working on selling themselves, and 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 making money, like on their own, outside of of the you know the the college, then then you're just it's going to create this huge distraction. So you know, I I I'm more I'm more of like the college should provide the players with a, with with payment uh, for the amount of viewership they bring in, right? So it, you know, it's gonna it, it it causes you know a little bit of uh, controversy in terms of okay, well, obviously Alabama football is way bigger than uh, let's say. IUPUIs, which is I uh, IU Purdue Indianapolis uh, in in Indianapolis, um, like their soccer team or swim team or you know like there's obviously going to be programs and specific sports that are bringing in the money, but those are the ones who should be getting paid. You know if well, it, if if you're not bringing money to the table, then you shouldn't get a piece of it. That's why I. Well, that, that's the problem is how do you decide who's worth what, I think what I, players on what team are worth what. That's why I think that for those players that are worth the big money, they should have the right to sell themselves and be worth what the market's worth. And then for the you know regular people who aren't going to be those kinds of – that's where the scholarship's worth it to them. They can get a great education, have the opportunity to play the sport that they love. Yeah. I think that if uh, – you know, I – I agree with you that they should have the right to their own names, but I think that if you start letting them go, you know, outside of the college to to start selling their stuff or, you know, trying to trying to promote themselves, you're, it's just going to cause too much of a distraction. I think that I think that the way that you get these players paid is one thing that one thing that I do think uh, would work 
really well and be an incentive for individuals to work harder is just give them their jersey sales. If 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 they are big enough for people to want to buy their specific jersey or in, anything that's re- like got their number on it or their name on it that the NCAA is selling or the college is selling, they should get that money because that's them, that's their work, their hard work being uh you know appreciated and being something that's like okay well obviously this guy is worth this amount of money for this jersey because people are willing to buy it so in you know like i said it gives it gives everyone a incentive to be like oh if i'm a if i'm a seventh string or if i'm if i'm the seventh man on the basketball team and my jersey isn't selling well if i bust my ass and work harder and get more playing time and become a better player, you know, my jersey sales go up. So you have players working harder because they're getting paid through, you know, them selling merchandise with with their name on it. And and, th- and then they don't have to go outside of the college to, to make that money. And then the the thing with that, too, is, you know, you know that if some obscure player who nobody gives a shit about goes off one game and has a big game that all of a sudden every, you know, because no, there's nothing that college frat guys like better is than wearing a jersey of an obscure player oh, to go sure. out and party and drink in. So, you know, all of a sudden after that game where some obscure 11th man white guy on the bench goes off, you know that after that game, if he's getting on Sports Center, there's a ton of people who are going to go oh, buy his but, jersey. But, for but the, you know, that's that's exactly what I agree with, though. He... he did something to bring in the ratings, to bring in the viewership, to to like bring in the attention, and his jersey sales went up. Well, hey, guess what? That guy should be getting a big fat paycheck because he did something good and he worked hard and he put, you know, he he perform. It's just like any other job. If you perform well, you should be compensated for what you did. And that's yeah. And the NCA kind of got caught with that. Uh, bullshit a couple of years ago with the whole video game thing with like the NCA video game. Yeah. Because part of the reason, you know, they're people, obviously players weren't getting anything for that. But like, I think somebody went in and put Johnny Man, search Johnny Manziel's name onto like their online website where they're selling jerseys and stuff. And hit in that his jersey came up, even though technically it's like not his jersey or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they're like using the excuse, oh, it's like, oh, they're not these players, even though it's their number and like yeah. all that. But it's, yeah, they're like still, it's just a lame excuse to make money off of, yeah. you know, players' names and that kind of thing. Well, you know, I was talking to a girl um, that I know who she was a, she, she was a track athlete for Murray State and she was on full ride division one, you know what I mean? Signed the whole deal. And I, I, before we started this, I asked her, I said, do, do you have any opinions on this? Because, you know, come, obviously we're it, us. It's just talking about it as we see from an outside perspective, but her opinion on it as someone who was actually involved in, you know, the whole deal, she said college athletes basically sign their rights over when they sign with the team, uh, her team specifically, they couldn't join sororities or fraternities and uh, they couldn't have a job because of the hours they put in and the mandatory study hall and all that. So, you know, all the people who may be on full scholarship at the who aren't 
uh, athletes, you know, they can work jobs. They can they can find a way to make money. But, you know, as she's saying, all of these players and, and athletes who don't have time for jobs because you don't have time for a job. If you're a Division One full-time athlete, you don't have time for a job. And you are doing a job pretty much. I mean, you're doing something that's bringing the college money. And so she's saying that if, if you don't have time for any of that, you know, you can't live off of the $20 the coach gives you to go get Subway after the game. <laughs> for co- pull a Coach Miller for Ponderosa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's like how, do, how does the NCAA and, you know, whoever expect these, these players and, and athletes to live a normal, you know, or at least not a, not a normal life, but at least have funds coming in. Where, like where, you know, they, they're like, well, you know, this, the, the food court provides meals. They, you know, there, there's no reason that these athletes should be, you know, wanting to go other places or do it. But, you know, you, you're, a, you're a, a young adult, you know, growing up in, in a social environment. You don't want to just be stuck with no money or be able to do anything because all yeah. you're doing is putting in all this work for this college that's not giving you anything in return except a degree. Yeah, I mean. Which is a big deal. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the degree is a big deal, but, you know, it's. There's got to be more because college is not just about degrees anymore. And, I mean, I know your prostitutes are paid for and everything, but what if you meet a girl that doesn't <laughs> want to sleep with you just because you're an athlete and you want to take her out and you'll get to know her and yeah. do things with her? Uh, you know, it's just... That's what, I, that's what she that's was saying. That's where all the shady I agree with, you shit know, they, comes they in. They sign their life away, you know? You go to a school, you sign your life away for the, uh, for the time that, that you're there. You, you are literally owned by that program. And that program not wanting to give you any sort of kickback is – it just seems so wrong. You know, I just I, – I don't see how people who are like, oh, there's no way, college, you know, they're not professional. Whatever. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, the, it's, it's, it's a bigger business than the NBA, NFL, and uh, MLB combined. Yeah. It's- and, and, and you're saying they don't deserve any money? You think some – Tenth string pitcher for the New York Yankees who throws ten times in a year is worth two hundred million dollars. I mean, obviously this is these are hot takes. I don't know any of the numbers, but you you know what I'm saying. Like, you could have someone who is prevalent in the media on TV doing interviews for a college team who's not making a dollar, and then you can have a pro athlete who doesn't do shit and makes millions. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody. I feel like it's not a hot take at this point that the NCAA is pretty corrupt. Uh, Q and FBI investigations. And I think yeah. at this point, besides just the old fogies, everybody thinks that athletes should be getting more than what they're getting because it's just everybody. Everybody's just making. Mo- there's so much money, and everybody's just making it off yeah. of them. And part of the problem is, is because I've I've heard different arguments before, and I haven't. I, I don't off the top of my brain. I know the money's got to come from somewhere, and part of it is that with the schools making so much money, is allowing the coaches to just get 
paid huge yeah. and make huge paychecks. And, you know, that's fine with them and with the current illegal system because then they can just have donors come in and give them the recruits that they want. Yeah. You know, cutting $100,000 to a recruit and making sure everybody's getting laid on their recruiting visits. <laughs> <laughs> you're big You're big on the on the sexual side of things. Well, I mean, Jalen Rose said, has said this in the past uh, when scandals like this happen. He's like, as a recruit, if I'm not getting laid, I'm not coming to college. For so, sure. So, I mean, this – that – I mean, it's the difference whether it's just you know that's some hot strong, girl. That's probably like very demographic related. Like <laughs> I, I that you probably see that in a lot of male athletes. I don't know yeah. if the women. Are, I mean, hey, you're making assumptions. You I'm know, just when, saying, hey, yeah, women, well, you know, women I, have just the sexual needs that men have. I agree. I agree. But I'm just saying in that in that instance specifically, I don't think that the women are going to get to these schools on their recruiting visits to get laid by somebody. <laughs> but maybe they are. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I it just depends individual to individual, individual to individual. Brigham Young is probably not bringing out the hookers. No, no. But. They're 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 bringing out Joseph Smith's hat and letting people take a sniff of his 18-year <laughs> And showing them the translated <laughs> tablets that have God's will on them. Yeah. So. But, you know, but then then you get into the, the classic, okay, well, we know that it's wrong. We know that we need to change it. What do we do? Because, you know, just just let's take one school specifically and break it down. Let's take IU, Indiana University. The basketball program is by far the biggest program. You know, so, ha- you know, it, the track athletes and the soccer players and those people, how do you pay them? The ones that aren't selling jerseys, aren't bringing in, you know, a lot of attention – but they are they're putting in just as much work as the others. Do do they deserve to be paid? Or should the ones being paid only be the ones who are bringing it bringing the NCAA money? Cuz I mean there's good arguments both ways. Well, I never agree that everybody deserves the same cuz that's simply not true and it's not reasonable to do in the first place. Uh but I mean I think there with as much money as there's being made, there's certainly got to be good ways to do it so that the people I mean, you got the sports that are, you know, really making the money and helping support the other sports can, you know, get their appropriate, you know, compensation. Yeah. But then there, you know, there's so much money being made that you really would think that a lot of these athletes can be, you know, helped out a little bit more than they are, even if it's but, not not everybody just getting paid a certain way, but yeah. being compensated more so and be given more, you know, if. They're giving up so much; they should be getting a little bit more but in here, return. But here's the issue with everybody not making the same. Um, you know, you it's just like it's just like any business. You're gonna have your schools that are gonna have more money to offer these players. So if if you're going by like people who go to a specific school because they can get paid more there, then you're just gonna have powerhouse schools, and all like the shitty ones aren't gonna have any chance. Of having a good team or, or anything because no players are going to go there. It's like it's like a job offer. It's like oh, if I go to uh, Notre Dame and they're saying we'll pay you two thousand bucks a month, and then I go to you know some small D one school that might be a better fit for me, and they're like oh, we're gonna pay you five hundred bucks a month. You're obviously gonna choose the one that, that you get paid more. You, you would you would only assume. Well, I mean that's the choices, but this money's got to come from somewhere. There's not. That's why I think that, I think that you know the billion dollar industry that the NCAA is. I think they could easily set out like, hey, Division One, like 
top tier Division One, your players are going to get you, you. You have X amount of dollars for your basketball program, and then the coaches can distribute it, or someone can distribute it up to the individual player. You know, it, you know, you, you break it down from that, but you give each program a lump sum. So obviously, the softball program will not have the same lump sum that the football program does if if that's the if football is the big name in that school. So you're so, you know across the board for all of the same division in each specific sport, you have a lump sum of money that can be distributed as uh, they see fit to the players. And then that's a situation where, at least with that, then you have the option, too. It's like, okay, you get this much money, or you can have your scholarship. Because for some students, you know, a full ride is going to make more sense than them getting paid. For the people who aren't, you know, the super talented money makers, you're like, you know what, I'm not going to make a lot of money in this situation because I'm, you know, I'm not a big name. I'm not going to make a ton of money for this program. You know, I'll take the full ride scholarship. And 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 you could easily implement a like financial uh, 101 or some sort of program with the NCAA could package that with some sort of learn how to control your finances type program where it's like, okay, these players are making money, but the money has to be used wisely as in, as in terms of like someone is there consulting them like, Hey, you're making this much. You need to save this much. You need, you, well, they're not forcing them to, but it's, it's at least, it, it at least opens the door for the conversation for these players who probably have had zero financial uh, education until they got there. And all of a sudden they're getting all this money thrown at them on how to spend it wisely and how to, you know, Bet, make sure that they put themselves in a great position if they don't happen to go pro or, you know, in, anything like that. Well, you have to force them to go to those classes because, you well, know, yeah. <laughs> they're not getting, you know, a lot no, of but times. I'm saying, I'm saying they don't get their money. Like you, Zach Ashton, football player at IU, uh, are going to get paid $1,000 a month, and you don't get that money unless you attend those classes. Yeah, I mean that would that would be that would be good to make sense. So at least you're you're kind of covering your bases a little bit, and yeah. you know you're they're getting. I think we solved it. Yeah, they're well. I mean, no logistics, hey, but in general, somebody tell the NCAA really call T and Z <laughs> in the podcast everyone hates because we solved the issue. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's definitely so much more. To I mean, there's definitely. To. I don't know what the perfect solution. It definitely can be better than it is. Ever, I think most people. Nearly everybody's yeah. going to agree with that. Well, it's just, you know, it's a snowball effect at this point with what came out with the whole Louisville-Clemson. You know, I, I forget who all was, was involved in it. But it's like I was talking I was talking about this with uh, with somebody else today at the Purdue game. Um, you know, now that the NCAA is, it, has uncovered this massive scandal. Well, it was the FBI or, <laughs> who did know, it. Uh, the FBI. <laughs> what, what my argument was if – if they want to do the digging, you could find every single you could find issues with every single program out there and you could you could have every single program in trouble because they it's there's the, everybody goes around the rules because that's just how you have to keep up with the Joneses. So it's like now that they've uncovered this, it's like okay, well now what else are they gonna keep digging and uncovering? You might as well nip it in the butt now and say okay, something's wrong with the way that we're doing things. Let's let's implement 
and institute a new way of doing it. But instead of turning over all these rocks and finding all the shit underneath it and just creating bad names for all these programs. Well, I mean, it was the. I mean, a lot of times the NCAA doesn't have a huge incentive to look because they don't want to. I mean, they're not going to hit any of their big moneymaker programs, but this was an FBI thing that just happened yeah. to, uh, like, why am I forgetting the word? Uh, implicate. Implicate a lot of people that started from a different investigation that just yeah. kind of turned them on to this. It's so ridiculous. It just, I don't know. It just seems like, it seems like you're going into a Las Vegas strip club going, is there some shenanigans going on in here? I smell you know? shenanigans. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like the FBI's like you know reaching for low hanging fruit right there. It's just like, yeah, okay, obviously there's things that are wrong. Well, that's 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 a. Given. I think everybody knew there were things that were wrong, but that's that's how they got involved was so they had another investigation. Like, oh, we've got evidence that this yeah. people so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody knows that they're all these big programs are just dirty as shit, but. Yeah. You know, somebody just, somebody, somebody call, gets caught. Somebody call so. Mr. Clean. <laughs> he needs to come clean up this mess that everybody's got themselves into. Colleges in general are just fucked up. I mean, everybody's just dirty. They're all schemers. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we can as soon as we say something's fucked up, we can obviously go, well, yeah, everything in the world is <laughs> fucked up and everything's wrong. But I mean, we, we got to try to stay on one specific avenue to to try to break it down at least. And I just think that. I just think that colleges, that just uni- big time universities, I you know, I would love to be a fly on the wall on the behind closed doors board member, you know, you know donor meetings. It's like what what's their what's their agenda? You know, like what like what are they what are they really talking about? Because. There's no way that everyone's just got the purest intentions for these kids. <laughs> I read and stuff. an interesting article about that was kind of like talking shit about the presence of these big universities, how kind of blaming them for a lot of this because they just yeah. let it happen because of how fucking much money it just makes the universities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, how, at these big universities, how are these professors getting paid? How are they able to publish their papers? How do they renovate the buildings? How do they keep the water on? How you know what I mean? It's it, a majority of it comes through their sports program. I will say I can promise you there's not much of anything shady going on at Hanover College. That they're doing the best they can financially. <laughs> once you once you get to the Division three. Uh, realm, you're talking about a completely different. Yeah, different I mean, issue. you know, no. I will go on record and say, no Division Three. I don't care who you are. No Division Three athlete should make a dime from anything. <laughs> they obviously, they, don't they obviously it. weren't good enough, you know, to do anything major. So they no, should divi- not Division Three <laughs> athletes deserve perks, but kind of backhanded perks. <laughs> It's like, like it's like hey you get to travel on a bus to another play another team in the middle of nowhere like with on, when you watching. go on the road they should pay for all all your food and everything but it's just got to be oh you get to go to Ponderosa or a Waffle House <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and it's like and it's like <laughs> you should you deserve perks but they well, should be backhanded no, it's, perks it's, it's that just, like remind you how <laughs> mediocre you are 
It's like, oh, you like to play sports, big guy? Well, we're going to bring in a Nike rep to show you a bunch of shoes you can buy. <laughs> you can buy them if you, you can want. buy, you, you know what? For, well, for a discount wholesale price, those Nike I mean, dunks we, could be We yours. should consider, well, hold on. I should, Nobody so, plays basketball Nike I, I dunks. say we. I didn't even get that year's shoes. <laughs> I got the previous year's shoes because fuck me, right? <laughs> I mean, we are not the athletes that we're talking about right now. We yeah, are below no, average. But I, I'm even talking about we yeah, as Division Three basketball players were lucky. Baseball players had to buy like, all their shit. Oh yeah, I mean at that point you are you are paying the college to Which play that so sport. Audacious. It's a club. It's a club, and it's just like, but you know, there's there's a silver lining with that because it's it's more pure, in my opinion, because you have a bunch of kids who sure. just want to play, so they're they're not looking for any handouts. They're not looking for. You know anything special? They're like, hey, I just want the adrenaline rush of playing this sport again, or like con- like continuing it from high school. So that's why that's why I think some Division three games, like if you watch the Wabash College DePaul University Bell game, football game, it's great. There's, I mean, you have so much support behind it. You, it, there, there's a lot of buzz, and it's all these players who are just working their asses off to keep playing football even though everyone knows they know that they're not like the best football players they're not going to go to the they're not going to go professional but they're making the best of their scenario and I will say that's kind of one thing I really liked about the Hanover College basketball games. I mean, granted, I was drunk off my ass for every single one of them, yeah. but I was having a great time because it seemed like a more personal high school atmosphere yeah. where it wasn't like just this is, you know, people I don't know anything about. Yeah. You know, they're these are like friends, people I know who are out there just going hard. And oh, I, yeah. I care about the outcome of this game because I know these guys. You can and I walk like these away. Guys. From at any time, from any Division three sport, with no consequences, you could just quit the team and stop playing because you don't have scholarship money. The it's it's you know you're paying to go there already, and you know if you don't like it, stop doing it. So like all all the players who are bitching about six a.m.s and and early shit and like all the hard work they're going to have to do it's like well, you just stop playing you you're not an important player like <laughs> if you stop playing this sport right now nobody would care maybe besides your family who loves wearing matching sweaters to come cheer you on <laughs> but <laughs> and if you're Kyle James coach Miller will care but. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it's interesting stuff for sure. I mean, I would I would like to sit down and talk to a couple big time college athletes and a big time coaches. You know, it it would be interesting to hear everyone's perspective on the, or a, a, a quite a few people's perspective on the issue where they have a platform like this and you can just sit down and talk about it for a while. They're not scrutinized and, you know, uh forced to have like a 2 minute media like speech or whatever they call those press conference about the injustices they feel, <laughs> you know what I mean? But but, like you, this is an injustice, but you know that as soon as one of them comes out and says something bad about the NCAA or, you know, something like that, there's going to be repercussions. Well, I mean, that's why you can get plenty of former people. Like I've got a lot of relative like cousins and stuff who played collegiate sports at the yeah. division one level who yeah. are, you know, well, you know, my age now, so they don't play anymore. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I think the more you talk about issues like this, the better it is because the more you're bringing attention to it. And it's 
I, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast uh, yesterday, and Alonzo Bowden was on there, and he was talking about how small America's attention span is. So, like, once one big topic gets brought up, then, like, it's a huge deal. As soon as there's another big topic, the, the one that was previously talked about is just completely forgotten about. I mean, I'm going to assume that you saw Donald Trump's sick follow-through passing out paper towels to people of Puerto Rico. No, I didn't, and I don't. Even, I don't. I don't even care about that. Honestly, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's. I care about no, no. Like, no, hold it's on, so hold fucking on, stupid. Let, let, but... let me make sure I get this. I, I care very much about the people in Puerto Rico. I couldn't give a shit what Big Don is out there trying no, it, to do. No, it, it's funny because everyone was making a huge deal. Because if you've seen the video, it shows Don passing out paper towels, but he's legitimately. It's like he's at a pop shot. Perfect basketball <laughs> shot follow through. Literally, you look it up. He's shooting paper towels to people, and honestly, his accuracy is pretty on point. You think Big Don's a ringer from the tray ball? I mean, his paper towel shooting form was <laughs> awesome, top notch. Yeah, but it's yeah. no, it's legitimately like it's ridiculous. It's kind of weird, like how he's just shooting paper <laughs> towels to everybody. Like it's kind of inappropriate for the setting, getting these people have lost everything. Oh yeah, Big Big Don said, but it, it, I'm gonna lightheartedly <laughs> shoot paper towels out to people who are in, just in tragedy. <laughs> and I mean, it's another thing that like of, of the million things that you could bitch about Donald Trump. For, that's a small one because if like President Obama did it, it would be like he's just you know uni- he's like yeah making light yeah, it, yeah, for people yeah. in a tragic time. But there all of a sudden came a bunch of memes. Like somebody, I saw one of you know that picture of Michael Jordan where he's got the the trophy like this yeah, and he's yeah, crouched. Yeah. There's yeah. one of Donald Trump like on Michael Jordan's body. And it's a bounty paper towel. <laughs> he's like clutching it. <laughs> How great are memes? Yeah. I mean, Meme, uh, memes are the satire voice of our generation. I mean, gen- generally speaking, I kind of hate social media culture and hate generally hate everything that people share. But I will say the one thing that I'm a hundred percent on board with are memes. Yeah, I agree. They're so they seem in a weird way they seem so pure. Yeah, because it's it's not as much an agenda. It's just. It's just it's, it's pure. Po- it's pointing humor. out the yeah. It's pointing out the uh, in, in a short picture with a few words. It's pointing out normally something that's obviously ridiculous that gets ta- that gets talked about way too much, and they sum it up in like a, just one picture. And I, I, it, it, it's a lot of times it's. I'm trying to figure out like what what what's your favorite meme? Do you have a favorite meme? <sighs> yeah. I'd have to think about it, though. I know. I'm. Ch- I mean, there's so many ones that I really like, but I'm trying to. I off the top of the brain, I just can't come up with. What they are. <laughs> oh man, it, isn't it upsetting when like you're we we talk about memes all the time, but when we're trying to figure them out right now, they just we're, we're having brain farts. Yeah. Oh but, well. Yeah, but I tell you what, this was a this was definitely a good conversation. I I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it. I think that uh I think that when we break topics down and, and really dive into them it's it's much better than uh when we just try to go off the cuff. Yeah, we got a lot I hope, more. I hope all the listeners appreciate it. And if not, please let us know what we could do better. We might not fucking listen. We might listen, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you can slide in our DMs, but we're not gonna offer yeah. those up right now. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna wrap this up. An hour and ten. That was a quick hour ten. Yeah, I think we came in with two planned topics and that yeah. was not difficult at all so yep all right all right everybody 
well, we appreciate you. Um, tune in. We'll be we'll be back at it again next week. We're gonna try to hammer you know three or four more out a week and just try to really get in the swing of things. And we're th- we're gonna start putting them you know out there for for the world to see. So hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Z, final thoughts. Uh, I mean, I know we've been slow teasing this for a while, just a slow burn, but we are at some point soon having Austin Stagman, uh, another of our former fraternity brothers at Hanover College and a financial whiz. We're going to have him to come onto the podcast soon. We're yeah. just trying to tease you a little bit, uh, talk about finance. To, we're going to debate some issues related to gun control. We're going to so. get him and we're going to get Andrew Hanna to come and talk about the JFK era. Ooh. Yeah. I wonder what I would love to hear his thoughts on the fact that the JFK assassination papers were supposed to become uh, public soon, but apparently there's rumor the Big Don might not allow them to become public. Well, guess what? Tune into the podcast because we'll talk about it. You'll you'll figure it out. I'm sure Andrew knows. <laughs> and then also, uh, before we forget, uh, for all of our wrestling followers and fans out there, tomorrow is Hell in a Cell. And, uh, you know, we talked about that on our SmackDown breakdown. So we will have a post-Hell in a Cell uh, breakdown uh, review. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm happy with the word breakdown. That's what we're using right now. But we can uh, we, that, that is subject to change. In the words of Shane O'Mac, I condemn you all to listen to our Hell in a Cell <laughs> review podcast. All right, everybody. Until next time, we'll see you.